0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, this is Adam. This is Mike. And this is David. From Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover. We make a fortnightly video game podcast. Fortnight means every two weeks. Covering gaming news, game reviews. I give it five out of five tacos. And whatever crazy audience tweets come in. And sometimes celebrities like Arnold even stop by to sing karaoke. Oh,
1: we oh, I look just like Buzzzy Hall. Oh.
0: Each episode we feature one burning topic, game dev interview, or super guest friend from the world of gaming. Check us out on the HP Video Game Podcast Network or on SBFVGS.com. I don't care about that. Wow. This show is part of the Retrozap.com Podcast Network.
2: What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 130 of the R-Cast. I am your host, David Gilson, and with me is a man who is waiting for his chance to wear the super crown, Robert Workman.
0: You know what, if I have to write another Bowsette story... Uh, <laughs> Could
2: Seriously, we get a raw to... bet, maybe? You know,
0: I, 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 I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm missing writing about Fortnite, because everyone's <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> Let's write about Bowsette Cowboy's Play. You know, I wrote one today about Bowsette porn. We're not getting into that because we're <laughs> not. It, it, it's just one of those phenomena But uh, it's, it's good timing there, David, because like last week, we were talking about the Famicom and Super Famicom. Today, it's all about Nintendo and their 129th birthday. They've been mm-hmm. around for ages. So we got a great guest to talk to us about Nintendo, don't we?
2: indeed yeah so with us here is Tara Belair. I believe is how you pronounce the last name
3: yeah you got it yeah (laughs) so
2: you basically do like freelance for Nintendo enthusiasts along with me Um, so you know it's a real pleasure to have you on here
3: thank you so much it's a pleasure to be here Yeah,
2: so uh, yeah, so we have like a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. You know, as as Robert mentioned there, like with uh, with like basically going over like the history of of, of Nintendo and celebration of the 129th anniversary. Which is uh, which is too bad that this is episode 130 and not 129. (laughs) Like we 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 (laughs) just like one off there to kind of time up with it, but uh, we'll we'll make up for with exactly yeah yeah we'll make up for like for uh, you know with like a bunch of like fun talk about like Nintendo stuff. So we'll we'll get into all that, but but before that, uh, we're going to get into some news, and there's a whole bunch of news to get into. So we'll try to get through these as Quickly as possible. Uh, starting off with the very sad news about uh, what happened to Telltale. Um, now this is like something that we could certainly spend like an entire episode on, but basically the gist of it is that telltale uh, has closed down now like they they bas- they 're basically filing for bankruptcy. They only have uh, like about like twenty five people like who are working there in the company right now to fill uh, to fulfill certain obligations they had like two hundred and fifty people and apparently what happened was
0: a deal fell through with Lionsgate reportedly that there was some sort of deal because Lionsgate had invested in the company and mm-hmm. when they backed out, telltale basically had no choice but to scale back. And uh, it's really sad because, I mean, number one, those people are out of jobs now. And mm-hmm. not only that, but they've also filed a class action lawsuit because the way they were fired, they weren't given severance. They weren't they were given benefits for like a week. It, it was really sudden. They, they had no idea this was happening. So that class action lawsuit's happening. And on top of that, this is also affecting a lot of projects. The Walking Dead, the final season. There's a possibility it may be continued, it may not, but for now, the game has been removed from store from uh, digital store shelves. And uh, on top of that, we're also not getting the Stranger Things game. I think the only reason they still have people around is because they're finishing up um, Minecraft story mode for Netflix.
2: Yeah, it's an uh, obligation that that they have to like fulfill, I you know.
0: Yeah, and then after that, they're probably going to close down completely. I mean, oh, yeah. it's hard to say, but uh, all of this, you know, it, it was just this was on top of the news that capcom vancouver closed the studio mm. that brought us the dead yeah. rising game so last week was just we lost like maybe about 400 500 industry jobs and one company closed down another one's on the verge of closing down and it's just nuts how telltale treated their people you know a lot of people were you know complaining oh well with walking dead the final season going to be finished but they have to understand 200 people were put out of work in california Mm-hmm. If anyone will tell you, exactly. living in, living in California is a pain enough as it is. But imagine being suddenly jobless and having to track down, um, having to track down just something to make ends meet. I mean, yeah. I, I, especially I mean, with no
2: like severance at all, as you mentioned. So like, it's, I it's, just like a, it's a complete shit show. Honestly, <laughs> to well, be to while, be frank, while you know. the
0: execs got some sort of severance, I heard one even complained about the low severance he got. I, I want to punch somebody. Jeez, uh, <laughs> it's just terrible how they were treated. I really hope something comes out of the class action lawsuit, and I really hope a partner does step up and if they do finish the walking dead that the proceeds from that will go toward the employees that's Mm -hmm. the right thing to do but it's i don't know i mean i'll have to be honest the writing's been on the wall for for a while with telltale they've done amazing work with their storytelling and everything like that but david you know this as much as i do they've taken on a lot of projects without really evolving their engine without Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. trying enough new stuff i mean it's just a lot of people just I don't know. Yeah. They didn't evolve. They didn't evolve like.
2: This. Yeah, and like the, the the engines like certainly kind of like a big part of that. Like the engine was has been like aging and just they, they just have not like really put the money into it, which is amazing to me considering how well that they've done with the Walking Dead, at least with season one anyway. And um, if you actually look at their sales, I know their their sales their sales have been dwindling as they've been kind of like moving along ever since season one. Uh, I'll say with like season one of the Walking Dead that was the, you know that was like a huge one for them to kind of put them on the map really. Um, but then like ever since then it's just been kind of like you know going down and down. They they've had some like big hits it's like you know like ever since then like with tales of the borderlands is a big one the wolf among us is certainly a big one um, and we're that not was like another thing too. either yeah we're not yeah exactly that, that's like another thing that, that we're losing as well with season two of, uh, of the wolf among us which is a real shame mm-hmm. um which fans yeah,
3: asked for a long time I
2: know. yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah but um yeah be, like, before i prattle on because like there's like certainly like a lot of like just kind of minor things i want to kind of get into uh, i was, I was kind of curious on your thoughts of this terror like when you first heard about telltale's closure
3: I was really shocked and it was really sad because Telltale, when I first got into Telltale, I was introduced to it via um, The Wolf Among Us and, of course, The Walking Dead Season 1. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked because I've been covering you know, The Walking Dead, the final season, on another site I write for. And we were gearing up to cover the whole season and now it's at a standstill. And when I did a piece on uh, one of the voice actors, the lead who plays Clementine, just mm. what I read Melissa from Hutchison, her, yeah. it, it, Melissa Hutchison, it was, it was heartbreaking
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it's heartbreaking for the fans and it's heartbreaking for everyone who's involved with it. And and as you said, with the employees, it's just hearing all the toxicity that's coming out, the true nature of Telltale, it's, it just blows my mind. And I, I really feel for the employees and I wish them all the best and I hope. I hope they're able to find employment somewhere else. And I did hear that other companies are reaching out to them.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Ubisoft stepped up. Um, I think Blizzard stepped up. There are a number of companies that reached out to these. I mean, that's the one really good aspect about all this is get all these employers came out and they said, like, we're sorry this happened to you. You know, U- Ubisoft even threw an event in San Francisco to bring mm-hmm. together developers to talk to them and to get them jobs so they wouldn't be out of work for long. Now, they couldn't hire everybody, obviously, but just the fact that all these companies stepped up, I, I think that's, that's the real thing here because, you know, like – most of the other time, it's like you said, people were just, you know, toxic or whatever. You'd be like, "Well, what about my, what about my Walking Dead? What about my twenty-five bucks? What about the fact that two hundred plus no, people are yeah. out of work? You know, right. exactly. Like, You're, you know, what
3: at the end of the day, it's not about getting a conclusion to the Walking Dead. It's about two hundred and fifty people lost their job.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and like I said, you know, they're working with partners to try to finish it. But I think it's more important that they take care of these people. I mean, if they don't do it with yeah. a lawsuit, they should just do it because. It needs to be honorable. It really does, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and men,
2: and and I feel like like many people kind of share that sentiment as well, because like there was like the last tweet uh, by by Telltale Games, like over the, at their uh, their Twitter channel, uh, where you know where they mentioned that they're uh, they've like reached out to potential partners, I guess, who are looking to mm-hmm. possibly step forward to help like the like you know have like the Walking Dead the final season uh, see through to to, to completion. Um, but you know, uh, you know, if you like actually look through like the comments, like certainly at the top one, you'll see there's from Corey Barlog, uh, like who you know, you who, who basically was like the lead for like uh, for like God of War that recently came the out. The director, yeah. The, the the director exactly, and like he, you know, he basically said like you know that uh, that he hopes that this means that you will pay, uh, you know, they first pay your entire team their severance and then proceed to finish the final episodes because that's obviously like the most important thing really is, you know, is to make sure that these people can actually, like, you know, sustain themselves, like, after, like, all of a sudden losing their job. And, you know, especially for, for, like, some of these workers, like, who have only been there for, like, weeks, in some cases, um like, to all of a sudden, lose, you know, to, like, lose your job, and, like, not knowing, like, where you're going to go next, like, it's just a very, very scary time. And um as you mentioned there, Robert, too, like, you know, I, had, I had to mention real quick, as well, that's that, you know, like, the writing's been on the wall, as you mentioned. And, you know, this is, like, something that I've personally had, like, a vested interest in, like, you know, I, I you know, like basically like when I first started writing about like game you know, about video games period, um, like on you know, for like my blog and all that stuff, it was about like the Walking Dead and I love Telltale and I love like their brand of storytelling. I love like the people involved with it, especially with the voice actors. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I got to personally know Dave Finoy, Melissa Hutchison, like Gavin Hammond and like all those people. Um, so it's just like a real shame to like see these, you know, see like these games like kinda get treated in this way by you know, but you know, by Telltale and like their shoddy pro- you know, shoddy practices really and like I would hear about this all the time from like people who who I knew who worked in the studio, like with what would go on behind the scenes, and I would even be personally affected. You know, I'm not the name names or anything, but I would be personally affected sometimes by some people like who I was kind of warned uh, warned about and warned against, and I and I saw that firsthand myself. So the writing has been on the walls, as you, as you mentioned, and especially if you've been paying attention at all with what actually goes, you know, what was actually going on inside that studio you know it's it's just a real shame but that's yeah. that's kind of like what they that, that was kind of the grave that they dug themselves into really
0: yeah and just one final thing when it comes to like you know how the company is being run, just keep in mind again, this is not on the employees. These are the guys who bust their butts. They, they worked like many nights, didn't get paid overtime, didn't get paid for working on weekends or whatever to finish up set games. They bust mm-hmm. their butt on the writing, on the design, on the animation, all these different processes. You know, and it, it is not an easy job. So when we say that the writing was on the wall, we're talking more like from a corporate wide sort of thing, mm-hmm. not with the employees. The employees continue to do the best job they could and you know we did get some amazing games in the end we got stuff like batman the enemy within we got stuff like you said tales from the borderlands um so you know it's no fault of theirs and i really hope that someone picks up a lot of these people and gets into more storytelling style games because really telltale games kind of came up from what happened with lucas shutdown. shut down and now yeah. with telltale games shutting down i hope somebody else will approach with the storytelling arc i actually did a tweet a while ago saying valve should pick them up because they also got campo santo a few months back and that went through the roof a thousand likes like 400 retweets people were all over you know a couple said well they can't even do half-life 3 well that's a different story
2: <laughs> right you know right. so i
0: mean like there are ideas out there. microsoft could also benefit from putting together a good storytelling team and making unique games for uh for you know their uh, xbox one so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the final thing I got to say about that. But guys, uh, let let's if you have any sort of job leads or anything like that, let like me or David Lowe. We will definitely pass the links along on Twitter and for sure. help yeah. them out the best we can.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, as much of, a, of like a downer as that has been, uh, you know, at least like the internet also kind of brought us something that we can all rally behind, really, which is uh, the power of Bowsette. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, for God's um, sake. <laughs> this this basically came from like the announcement for uh, for new uh, for new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe for uh, uh, for, for for Nintendo Switch uh, and in the trailer it showed Toadette uh, like the 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 uh, the character Toadette get a new item basically call it the Super Crown and so when she got the Super Crown she basically turns into a Toadette version of Peach um, so that got the internet thinking and fanboys thinking on what what it would mean to basically have the Super Crown on other characters in the Mario universe and namely Bowser in this case uh, hence the you know the reason why we have Bowser.
0: <laughs> you know, and there's so. more where that came from, because I found out today that there's also Boozette. So uh, you know, yes. like if, you, if, you if you put the crown <laughs> on Boo and all of a sudden, boom, a ghostly version of Peach. Um, this Bowset stuff has been getting wild lately. Um, mm-hmm. I did a story, like I said earlier today, like how you porn was... Suddenly seeing a spike in in porn oh, searches no. for Bowsette. Of course. Uh, of course. Like last week with Toad. Whatever. I don't want to get into that. Um, <laughs> oh, but right. we've also seen – we're seeing cosplay. We're seeing artwork. We're seeing gifts. I mean, when the internet catches on to a trend, they catch on to a trend. It, it's yeah, kind of ridiculous. super hard. It, <laughs> yeah, and it's just kind of nuts just how – how oh, tremendous it's getting. I mean, it's going to die down. Apparently, you know, it's going to get to a point where like, oh, wait, uh, Super Smash Brothers is coming out. Why don't I just shut up about Bowsette for a minute? But
3: They want Bowsette in <laughs> Super Smash, though.
0: Yeah, the, an extra skin. Yeah,
2: yeah. We'll, we'll have like Bowsette as uh, as an Echo Fighter for Peach in that case. Like, yeah. why not? oh mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, who knows? She, she might pop up as DLC. I mean, you never know. They didn't announce downloadable characters yet. They could be Yazing you know, Waluigi, Bowsette, Boozette, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Toad.
2: Well, <laughs> Why not? I, uh,
0: Luigi. <laughs> Luigiette. You know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Yoshiette.
2: Like, yeah.
0: Yoshi. Oh my God! A female Yoshi.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Birdo almost, yeah. but yeah.
1: <laughs> Birdoette There you
0: go. Uh, but yeah, there be. There's so much potential here for um, what they could do with it. Um, but you know, it's just one of those internet crazes. You know, for the wild bear, we were all crazy about Harlem Shake, and where'd that go? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's true that's true uh tara i was kind of curious on, on your take uh, when, when you first learned about bowsette
3: <laughs> i was just laughing and i'm just like here we go again here we go again with something i mean like you said last week we had the toad thing we don't really want to talk about that
2: <laughs> no we already covered um, that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but
3: um just seeing bowsette and everyone just going crazy over it i'm like this has to happen nintendo needs to make this happen but unfortunately nintendo commented already that you know they have no comment basically,
2: yeah on the like, whole
3: thing like disavow
2: about <laughs> th- that entirely it seems <laughs>
3: <laughs> i think it's cool i mean on my facebook feed everyone's talking about it everyone's like posting like i mean they're saying they're showing like you know like sonic putting on super crown and tails <laughs> and knuckles they're like everything like every every genre you can think of like mm-hmm. from anime It's just it's, it's blown up
2: the fan art and, has been crazy for and, this exactly
3: yeah. and um I mean, I'm seeing people saying, like, oh, I want to cosplay as Bowsette. Oh, I'm I'm doing fan art of Bowsette. I need to get mm-hmm. a reference for Bowsette. And,
2: and Halloween is, is is right around the corner. Oh, so, I mean, you're, you're yeah. going to see Bowsettes everywhere now, I feel like, oh, in gaming circles you for mean, Halloween. You're
0: like TwitchCon. We're going to uh, see them. It's crazy, yeah. you know?
3: Well, for I'm sure. going to be at New York Comic Con, and I think I'm probably going to see a few Bowsettes there. <laughs>
2: There you go. Right? Yeah. Maybe some
0: Boozettes, maybe some Tailsettes. Oh, yeah, I There, There is one cool thing to come out of this. Um, I mean, obviously, great artwork and everything. But um, a, a friend of mine, Miss Ganda Chris, she makes these custom Amiibo figures. She already made a custom Bowsette figure. Uh, you can see it over on her Twitter page at twitter.com slash Miss Ganda Chris. We'll link it in the chat in the, or in our, uh, with our episode. Uh, she made mm-hmm. this great custom Bowsette amiibo because she's you know she's dressed in black she's got the ears she's got a little bit of the you know the the teeth going on there and it's really well done you know she she put this together in less than 24 hours you know like wow. I, 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 she did amazing work so yeah did a story on her but definitely go look it up uh she does these great custom amiibo she did one for uh Satoru Iwata following his passing she did one for dead luigi remember when Dead Luigi was oh, around yes. and trending, you know. Ghost Luigi. Yeah, Ghost yeah. Luigi. That's a much better way of putting it than dead Luigi. I guess. Yeah, dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, uh, there you go. Bowsette craze. We're, you know, uh, unless Nintendo catches on and starts releasing Bowsette related game stuff, this trend will probably be gone in a few weeks. Who knows?
3: Well, I do perler Beat art, and I'm gonna. I've already gotten requests to do uh, some Bowsette perlers. So there you go. Oh, there you go.
2: <laughs> nice. So I, I guess we'll keep an eye on, on what the future of Bowsette holds. <laughs> that case. So.
0: Well, while we're at it, why don't we move on to a blast from the past? There, though, David. Yes, uh, we were talking about this a little while ago. I think um, Castlevania is coming to PlayStation Four finally. Uh, what's going on is Konami is releasing Castlevania Requiem, which is a two-pack of classic games. We're going to get Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood, the, the uh, TurboGrafx CD game, uh, also known as Dracula X in some circles. Uh, both of these will be released on October 26th for 1999. That's the same day, by the way, that not only Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out, but also Castlevania Season 2 on Netflix, the animated series. So gonna be a crazy day. It's going to be
3: nuts. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm already Castlevania overload. I know,
0: right? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it is great to see this collection. And like I said, I'd love to see it on Switch. I'd love to see more classic releases like this, but, you know, this is this is a good old collection and it's coming out in time for Halloween. And you know me, David, I've got full appreciation for Rondo of Blood and obviously Symphony is a classic too. What is a man? Uh-huh. A miserable little pile of secrets. You know, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. It, it's great to see sure. these classics get a, another opportunity to shine on PS4, especially Rondo. Because before, you know, like uh, it, it didn't even get... U.S. released till a few years ago when it came out for Wii Virtual Console.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. And like I think like uh wasn't like a, like a similar set like this uh, released on PS Vita as well.
0: Yeah, um Dra- uh, PSP uh, Dracula X Chronicles. That's right. Uh, yeah. you start out playing Dracula X Chronicles, but you could unlock Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night if you did certain things within the game. So this is kind of a variation of that, just without the remix of Rondo of
2: Blood. Right. So if you still have your 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 um, your, your Vita, then in that case, then uh, you know at least that's like another option to kind of get you know to get like a. Yeah. Set like this but you know at least there is a kind of like a set coming out for, for ps4 fans it, it's just kind of weird that this isn't coming out for switch as well though
0: and maybe next year hmm. you know i mean Konami's probably just testing the waters because you know how iffy they've been with games i mean do we it's really just period need to games up, yeah <laughs> you know silent hill pachinko i don't want to go down that road no, again no. so they're probably just testing the waters here but something tells me this is going to sell really well and who knows that'll prompt them to re-release the collection for switch and xbox one i mean yeah sometimes that happens but uh yeah, I, I'm looking forward to
2: it. Yeah, are you much of, of, of a Castlevania fan yourself, though, Tara?
3: Um, not that much. Um, the first Castlevania game I played was actually on the N64. Oh,
2: that one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that one. And
3: that gave me nightmares. I was like, I think I was eight or nine mm. when I first played it, Makes sense.
0: and uh, gave me nightmares for a completely different reason.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah, why
3: can't I, was I go? Nine. Straight? I was a kid. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry
2: to interrupt but yeah I just had to throw
3: it okay. out there. <laughs> I I think it's a great series. I just you know I never really got into it.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it's like a, like a good way to get into it in in this case. Exactly, so, yeah.
3: exactly. Check it out on PS4 for sure.
2: Indeed, indeed. So we'll, we'll so so we'll be looking forward to that. But uh, like another thing to, like to look forward to as well is Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy uh, that's coming out to PC as well as consoles. So this is like the next thing that uh, that we want to cover here. And um, yeah, it, it's really really excited for me because I, I love I, I love the Phoenix Wright series. I love the Ace Attorney like just you know franchise. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's really cool and like these you know. These are like the original three games basically that, that have come out, like where you play as Phoenix Wright and you're basically taking cases. And it's very like quirky, kind of like, um, you know, just like, like type of game, like where you're trying to solve cases. Um, and it has like a very loose way of, um, I guess, like describing like the legal system, more or less, in this, well, in this world. Well, I'll
0: tell you, it's almost like Capcom went threw the game out and said, take that
2: right <laughs> exactly exactly uh say, I, I, yeah and I'm, I'm like a huge huge phoenix Wright fan so like you know it's just great like, to see this game uh, just be more accessible and like you know for mo- for more people to experience it if they haven't already so um so tara like i was kind of curious like if you uh, if you played any of the phoenix Wright games though
3: i've actually never played a phoenix Wright game i know that's kind of sad objection <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: exactly. i
3: knew that was gonna come up um, I have friends who were huge fans of this game and Who have cosplayed as them, so that's how I kind of got to know about it. But um, I think this is something I'm definitely ready to go and check out finally. And it's it's great. I mean, to hear about the trilogy coming out, and it'll be good for fans who you know who are fans of the game, or people like me who've never tried it out, will finally get a chance to play it.
0: I love the fact that it's getting console love. You know, they could have just released it for Nintendo Switch, but it's great it's coming to other platforms as well. Because exactly. if I recall, for the longest time, it was just on handhelds or mobile devices or whatever. And we never really got to experience it on a console, if I recall. And it might have been on Wii, but... You're whole-
3: right. No, you are right.
0: So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, for the console releases. That'll be fun
2: for sure yeah and um you know it, you know if you do have you know have like a good enough like you know smartphone or whatever like to kind of play it on like it, it's not a bad platform to like, kind of play it on honestly because it's all touch screen controls and it re- really lends itself well as far as like how the game plays uh for touch screens so uh, that's, like, another option as well. But, you know, in, in case you want, like, uh, you know, one on any other platforms, it is coming out, as we said, for PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch.
0: Yeah, so. and I'll tell you, it's great to see these classics make a comeback, but, you know, there's still some in demand there, David. Uh, for instance, uh, of course, you're in, one of yours and my favorites there, Jet Set Radio. <laughs> Jet Set
2: Radio. <laughs> Ooh, <'cause Yep.
0: laughs> we, we were at the PAX East panel a couple of years ago, and somebody's, like, you know, playing, I Understand? Oh, and I swear you got up and danced.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but, no, Sega held a serve survey asking what sega ages games they should release for nintendo switch which by the way follows virtual racing which was announced it's coming out i believe later this year nice Mm -hmm. to see that game back but out of all the games they surveyed there were quite a few interesting choices like wing war was on the list obviously Azel panzer dragoon rpg also known as panzer dragoon saga but jet set radio topped the list it was number one with a bullet either jet set radio or jet set radio future they want to see these and I'm right there with him. I mean, we got a cool game called Hover this week, which is pretty good, but obviously we want Jets that David. We do
2: absolutely, absolutely, and like I'm kind of hoping that you know that that this means that Sega will will re-release like the the original games on on, on like Nintendo Switch in the near future. Uh, but also to kind of show Sega that like yes, this is a franchise that people have not forgotten about. They want to see like a new game in this franchise, and I'm right there with them. I, I absolutely love the Jet Set Radio franchise. I you know I've I've been like a big fan ever since it originally came out on the Dreamcast. Uh, it's one of those top games on the, on the Dreamcast for me, and um, yeah, I, I'm just you know, I just really want to see more Jet Set Radio. It's it's one of those games I feel like you know, or, or like you know, it's like one of those games really that have like really translated well even in like modern times, just because of the cell shading and just kind of the cool like you know style to it and everything. And the music is great. Uh, it has like one of the best soundtracks I feel like ever, like in gaming period. Um, so yeah, you know, more Jet Set Radio, the better for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, we did get Jet Set Radio for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. So if anything, Sega could revert back to that code and re-release it for Switch. The only problem is, if I recall, the soundtrack. Because obviously it came out years ago. I don't know if they're going to be able to license all the songs again. I think that's why we don't have Jet Set Radio Future on Xbox One backward compatibility. Otherwise, we would have had it alongside Pens or Dragoon Orta or whatever.
3: Could be an issue.
2: Yeah, it could be. I think the American version of Jet Set Radio... Or I think it was like the first one actually. Like the first Jet Set Radio had uh, had like Dragula and like you know like other kind of like yeah um, more established Cold, artists like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: Cold was in there. Uh, there was another Cold, art. yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, but like they could like take out like those songs and just have it like where it's like more of like the in house stuff because like a lot of it's like in house anyway. Like um, because I, I believe it's Hideki N- Naganuma who did like most of the music in the game anyway um and he's just like right there like with, with you know with sega anyway and he's he's always willing to kind of have like you know his music uh, you know be available for these games like whenever these games come out so the the licensing shouldn't be an issue as long as they take out select songs like dragula or whatever yeah um but yeah like it, i you know i, I just want to see more you know more jet set radio and i'm glad to see more people also share that sentiment so yeah yeah
0: um you know, I'll tell you this, though. What I'm really surprised by are like some of the franchises that got mentioned in this list. You know, Sega Rally came up. Like I said, Wing War, which I haven't mm-hmm. seen in years. Uh, Die Hard Arcade that got brought yeah. up.
2: <laughs> that might be trickier, you yeah.
3: Know, it, the Atona USA series?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean there, there was like um, Zombie Revenge kind of tied in with it, I, I think. I don't know. It's the same sort of fighting style. Uh, Burning Rangers was brought up. Puya Puyo, obviously, although Puyo Puyo Tetris is out, guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Fantasy too. Star Online as well. That, that, oh, yeah. that was a big one for me. That, so. That's
0: mm-hmm. a good one too. And uh, Guardian Heroes. I'd love to see a re-release of that. And Virtual Racing was mentioned even though, like I said, it's coming later this year. It'll mm-hmm. be great. Um, and and, and also and also
2: with like golden axe actually because um like i feel like that's a very interesting choice because if if streets of rage 4 ends up being like a big thing maybe they could do kind of like a similar style for golden axe for like yeah. a new, new golden axe game yeah, like, that would be amazing
0: based on what you played at pax west you, you said you see where they're going with it i mean it was still early mm-hmm. days on the port but it very sounds early, like yeah. you know it once it does come out in 2019 or early 2020 whenever it is it'll really tie in with the legacy and maybe it will open doors i really hope mm-hmm. it does but uh Right now, let's focus on just getting Jet Set. Come on, come on.
2: Yes, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, like, the last story that we, want, that we wanted to hit on here, uh, you know, since we were mentioning with, like, Castlevania on Netflix, and, and Netflix has been doing a great job, actually, with having these, like, gaming franchises, uh, you know, that are, you know, being converted into, um, you know, into, like, shows for them, uh, it looks like that Diablo is also being, uh, being in talks to kind of get the animated treatment here.
0: You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an official announcement at BlizzCon.
2: Because Mm. they're they're Mm -hmm. that would be the perfect venue, yeah. Seriously,
0: Blizzard is building up to a lot of stuff. And we have the Diablo 3 announcement, and when's that coming out? The first day of BlizzCon. So they're gonna follow it up with, Oh, we have more Diablo news. Please welcome Netflix's blah 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 blah, and then the announcement, you know, something like that. So I would not be surprised if we saw this mean like we've been hearing for years how like Netflix was going to do a legend of Zelda series. If you guys remember (laughs) the biggest troll right there. I will take an animated Diablo series. Uh, I mean, if they can follow the blizzard lore, which I assume they will, because blizzards probably got their hands all over it. um, Then I would, love to see it because like netflix really goes all out even like with the witcher even though it doesn't follow like the game timeline i'm hearing like a lot of good stuff about that as well they're they're taking good care of their licenses it sounds like i mean just Mm -hmm. take a look what they're doing with the marvel stuff i mean that just kind of indicates how much they take care of licenses so yeah i want to see how the diablo series uh goes there sure well let's see if it gets announced first but i think it will
3: Probably.
2: Yeah, because it, it, it seems likely because there was like a tweet actually by Andy Cosby, who's the uh, like the founder for Boom Studios, uh, where he tweeted and also took down that tweet, so you know that, that there's something up with that, uh, where he said, I guess I can confirm I am indeed in final talks to write and showrun the new Diablo animated series for Activision and Netflix. It's very exciting, and I hope to the high heavens it all works out. So... It feels like that things are very much settled in that regard. Uh, and I think BlizzCon, yeah, that would be an amazing time to, you know, make an announcement like this uh so yeah I, I, you know I, I really love to see that although personally for me i would really love to see an overwatch series like you know that that just seems like it's kind of overdue to have like an overwatch series or an overwatch movie or something just because of all the anime shorts that they that they've had for it. but uh you know I, I'm, I'm all for like having diablo uh you know have that come first and then hopefully we'll see uh you know see like overwatch in the future
0: yeah i mean like i said blizzcon they're gonna cover announcements for for
3: Fortnite the, or a fortnight you
1: know,
2: <laughs> or Fortnite. yeah
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll probably see know. that that's epic though we'll, we'll see i mean like epic's already doing. Enough this week, making Fortnite crossplay compatible on PlayStation 4 finally, and you know all right. this other stuff. So, <laughs> well, you know, but uh, I'll tell you, you know, Diablo series would hit the spot.
3: I'm actually looking forward to that.
2: Welcome. So let, let's move on to the part of the show now called "What are you playing?" Gets in games we've all been playing or have recently beat. So Tara, with you being our special guest, why don't you tell us what you've been playing?
3: I have been playing, of course, Spider Man. Spooderman. Yeah. And I'm loving it so far. Um, I was so excited when I heard about it and just being able to get my hands on it. I love, I love the gameplay love the controls. I love the storyline so far. I'm at the very beginning. I just beat Kingpin
1: uh, yes. and
3: have to continue on and see where my Spider-Man journey takes me, but it's a fantastic game. I know it's short from what I've heard, but I'm I'm really looking
0: forward to continuing it. Oh, it's a lot yeah. of fun. It really is. It's it's probably one of the best games of the year. And they're going to add more to it. They're going to add like a, I believe a new game plus some more over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I remember hearing oh, wow. about
2: that. Yeah, and um, I'll 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 actually jump in before you there, Robert, actually, because uh, you know the, the only thing I've really had time for as well as you know is, uh, is for Spider Man, and uh, especially with like the photo mode. As you know, if, if you've been following me on like social media at all, you'll be seeing like a lot of like uh, a lot of like Spider Man photos that I've been like taking.
0: <laughs> I've actually unfollowed you because you post too many.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so either way um but uh yeah with, with like the photo mode i mean like i feel like i get half my fun in this game just by messing around in the photo mode and it, it you know it's probably like the best photo mode that i've had in, like you know any of these like modern games have since like added it and uh it, it's just a really cool feature and it really lends itself well to spider-man especially as you're like web swinging along like in the city and like how gorgeous the game looks and all the different like skins that you could put on like it's it's just really really cool so um yeah you, you know if you have any like awesome like photos they've taking on uh, Spider-Man on PS4, then definitely send them over my way. So I, I, I can't get enough of them. So uh, so what have you been playing there, Robert?
0: Um, a few things. Uh, I've been playing NHL 19 because I am a hockey fan, and it's probably one of the best hockey games I've played in years. Everything really, really okay. comes together very nicely with it. You can read my review at comicbook.com slash gaming. Um, also been playing Capcom Beat'em Up Bundle. Um, and trying to play more of it online, but it's, it gets a little laggy, you know, like local multiplayer is better, but you know, with a variety of games that are offered for 20 bucks, it, it's still a hell of a deal. It's really good. Yeah. Um, which,
2: which version are, are like, are, are you playing for that one?
0: Um, I'm playing switch and PS4.
2: Switch and PS4. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, is it like more laggy on PS4 or on switch?
0: Switch probably because you know how Switch, nin- okay. you know Nintendo Switch online and everything like that and that's true i did yeah. get that subscription it's kind of funny because it's like i got the subscription and i've been playing the online nes games they're actually pretty uh-huh. good. You know, I haven't had too many lags or drops or anything like that. But it's kind of funny. I was playing Excite Bike on Nintendo Switch Online. Then I found out that Hamster released the Arcade Archives version of Excite Bike. That's right. And I bought that as well. So I've been playing, <laughs> I've been playing a whole lot of Excite Bike lately. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice.
0: And then uh, one last game I want to mention here it's a game called. Uh, Debris Infinity. It's by a company called SVC Games. They just released it for the Switch. This is sort of a variation of Geometry Wars, but they throw in like different modes. Like you have a, a wave mode where you have to take down enemies within a certain time frame. It's got a normal mode with asteroids and aliens and all that. And it's mm-hmm. got a, like a like a timed mode in which you have to destroy as much as you can within like two minutes. Uh, it's five bucks, and it's a really impressive game. Obviously, it's not going to beat the greatness of Geometry Wars Two, but it's still a great game for five bucks. Very high quality, great music, a lot of fun to play. Uh, I'm really looking forward to jumping back in there and continuing my somewhat dominance on the leaderboards <laughs> that's, oh somewhat dominance yep. <laughs> and i've also been playing Mega Man 11 and assassin's creed odyssey but i have to wait to talk about those sadly
2: so, yeah the embargoes <laughs> are still up on, the, on those i know but
0: yeah. uh, let's just say we're in for a good christmas
2: that's for sure, good for sure uh all right so and, and speaking of the switch i do have a game code here to give away uh this is for rogue aces so take down waves of dastardly en- enemies in this endlessly emergent air combat roguelike where nothing is the same twice With a multitude of game modes to discover, no loading screens to stutter the action, and a whole lot of landscape to take back, jump in the cockpit and take back what's yours. So, if that sounds like a jam, then definitely jump on this. Again, this is for the Switch. The code is B1253LCT397HLHVX. So, again, that's Rogue Aces on Switch. Enjoy welcome back to the stage of history so with that we have the stage of history which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot for better or for worse in the pantheons of history So I figure since we're gonna be talking about about like Nintendo I kind of cover uh, both like the really old and also like the somewhat old uh, for for titles here in stage of history uh, starting off with radar scope so this is a 1980 shooter by Nintendo. It is considered to be a cross between Space Invaders and Galaxian. It was released in upright cockpit and cocktail-style arcade cabinets... And it was the first game Shigeru Miyamoto helped develop. So a little, little claim to fame there for uh, Radar Scope. Uh, I've never personally played Radar Scope, but Robert, I was kind of curious if you have.
0: Actually, no. I've been looking for this for, for quite some time. Actually, <laughs> uh, The problem is, you know, with, with all the distribution that this game got in the early 80s, it was during a time in which, you know, like arcades was getting, were getting more into stuff like, you know, asteroids and, and you know, more popular Pac-Man. Um, so I never really got a chance to play this. I've seen it on emulators. I've seen, like, you know, how the cabinet would suddenly, you know, house something like Donkey Kong, because it uses familiar Mm -hmm. cabinet art, or, well, the cabinet design like that, so.
2: Yeah, because this this was the game that Miyamoto worked on before Donkey Kong, and so, like, when when Donkey Kong kind of took off as a hit, um, the radar scope cabinets would be, like, replaced, basically, by, by Donkey Kong, more or less. Uh, but, you know, they, even though they, they still kept, like, some radar scope, but, but Donkey Kong took, uh, took precedence by far. Yeah, I so.
0: mean, I'm really hoping, like, one of these days, we see this in the Arcade Archives collection for Switch, because this be this great. does look like a fun shoot-em-up, you know. And, and if it's Miyamoto's work, I mean, come on. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't really need do bad. Even like Nintendo's has curiosity. Come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so Tara, like, I was kind of curious if you've, uh, if, if you played or even like heard of a uh, of radar scope.
3: I've actually never heard of radar scope. This is probably before I was born. I was born in '91.
2: No, there, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you youngins
3: <laughs> don't know not... your games. <sighs> <laughs> I'm uh, catching up. All right. Um, so no, but it sounds really cool. And, um, my brother probably played it though. He was born in the eighties. So he probably knows all about radar scope. Mm. Um, but it does sound interesting and, and, uh, definitely it probably should be on the virtual console at some point. Um, I don't know if there's any plans for that, but I mean, they put
2: Skyskipper on there. So, so, so why not radar scope?
3: I could totally see it. It sounds fun.
2: Yeah, but uh, here's a game that that did come out when you were born here, Tara. It's Animal Crossing. Oh, man. uh, So
0: this
2: is a 2002 life simulation game by Nintendo. It was originally released exclusively in Japan on the Nintendo 64 before being ported to the GameCube worldwide. Up to 15 NES titles can be collected and are fully playable within the game and localization for the North American release resulted in thousands of lines of text translated, as well as the creation of new items at holidays. So there's, like, a like a lot of work put, uh, that was put into that, uh, into the localization for this game. Uh, so, Tara, why, like, why why don't you tell us, like, about uh, your experience with Animal Crossing? Because I'm oh, sure you have some.
3: A huge, huge Animal Crossing fan. As I kind
2: of guessed. <laughs> as some
3: people may have seen on Nintendo Enthusiast. Um, I cover a lot of Animal Crossing, mostly Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first experience, of course, was with it on the GameCube. And, um, I actually, I think I won a copy of it, um, when it first came out and, oh, really? uh, played, yeah, and played a little bit of it. And then some, for some reason, didn't get into it. I think I was too young. Mm. Um, okay. and then didn't revisit it until Animal Crossing New Leaf came out
1: mm. and then, oh yeah. boy,
3: was I hooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, between Animal Crossing New Leaf. And uh, Pocket Camp now, I'm I'm way hooked to this game again. I've probably spent way too much money on Pocket Camp. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with the new with the new announcement of uh, Animal Crossing coming back to the Switch, um, we're I'm I'm sure like everyone like myself, everyone's pumped for this.
0: Yeah, because it's been yeah. we've been
3: asked. It's one. been like
0: seven <laughs> years, I think, since we got uh, New Leaf. So, yep, Aside exactly. from whatever that um, mobile game was, we haven't really had a entirely new Kingdom Hearts yeah. game. Or sorry, Kingdom Hearts, uh, Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, Animal Hearts. Animal Hearts. No,
3: we haven't seen haven't seen <laughs> a full blown Animal Crossing game since uh, since New Leaf came out. I mean, we saw we had Happy Home Designer, but that oh, was yeah, like that's a spin-off. right. Spin off. That was a spin off. That you yeah. can't really count that as a full game. You can beat that in like a day.
2: It's really exciting. I know for like a lot of people to have like a new, you know, new full fledged Animal Crossing experience that you know it's coming for the Switch. Uh, you know, I think it you know makes sense to despite the the nature of the game as well. Uh, I never personally got into Animal Crossing myself, but I've always been intrigued by it because I just like the design of the characters, especially like KK Slider and like Isabel and Tom Nook, and like I, I just like the like the way that those characters look. You know, so it's um it's a very charming look- looking game. Um I I tried playing a bit of Pocket Camp but like as like you know I I, just, I have a hard time really kind of getting into a lot of mobile games to be honest. Um at least, at least for more than like a day at a time or whatever and then I just, I just like delete it and you know move on with my life pretty much but um but yeah with, with like Animal Crossing I'm hoping maybe with like the Switch release that might be the one that could possibly get me hooked. So we'll see Yeah, what
0: see that's the thing that. with me. I mean like I'm familiar with playing them for a few hours and everything but I didn't get hooked like a bunch of other players did. I don't know if it was just me not doing something right or me not interested in building a town or...
3: Uh, it's it's definitely an investment. Like, it's an investment in your time. And It you... takes
0: a lot. I mean, I, that's the thing. I don't think I had a lot of time to really invest when they came out. I mean, you know, when it comes to Switch, obviously, since it's part of my job now, I can totally just get into it and actually, oh, okay, I see what this is about now. But I know before, it just... I mean, like, when they did the whole social thing with we. what was it, that we Speak thing that they introduced?
2: Yeah. I couldn't get into that. I'd be like,
0: what am I going to do, yell stuff from across the living room? You're not building it fast enough!
2: (laughs) You got the voice down, at least. I was trying to avoid
3: screaming. You sound like Tom Nook. There
2: you go. (laughs) The voice of Tom Nook, Robert Workman. There we go. I'm just going to sit around. You know,
0: while everybody's out fighting a Smash, I'm here just, you know, building a town. Uh, you know we can have for the game next year I hope you guys are happy
2: jerks (laughs) we might have to like (laughs) isolate that and do like a fan dub of like the smash trailer like with uh with with, with, like Tom on the desk
0: let's (laughs) let's do it it'll be hilarious and watch we'll get all those all the dislikes from the the diehard animal community
2: (laughs) (laughs) feed me Seymour with those dislikes you may dislike that video I don't
0: care I'm building a town suckers right
2: (laughs) exactly exactly That's going to lead us now into Obscura.
0: And I'm really going to go off road here because I, I, don't, think, um, I don't think you've ever played uh, the Virtual Boy there. Um, Nestor's Funky Bowling. Because yes. this is like, I believe this is the <laughs> only game that featured Nestor from the classic Nintendo Power magazine. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I really thought this was an interesting choice because I don't know. Well, the Virtual Boy as a whole. Uh, I know Tara, you probably never played the virtual boy unless you nope. caught up to it like later. Yeah. See, it, it was a complete failure. Uh, it had some interesting games like warrior land and stuff, but uh funky bowling it, it utilized this display style. I think it's set like the precursor for whatever Wii sports bowling was supposed to be. Obviously it worked better there. Um, it had like a bowling system with the red and black visuals. You could like play in different modes. You obviously you could play with Nestor. It was just, it was unique because at the time, like, you know, Nintendo wasn't really doing too many bowling games, you know, cause they didn't do one for super Nintendo or anything. Like, yeah. like I said, the biggest one was Wii sports, but by the same token, I also don't want to look at a red and black lane. I mean, it, it gives me a headache when I go to Brunswick and I have to do the whole disco bowling on Friday night. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I'm trying to see where the arrows are on the floor. <laughs> so, you know, so I got a little annoyed by the red and black display, but this game did, kind of okay. It didn't sell as well as say like, you know, Wario Land, but it well, what did on, on,
2: the, on the virtual boy, to be honest? Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, this one kind of bombed, but I wanted to bring up something unique because, you know, like I said, this is the first game to really feature Nestor mm-hmm. in a game. You know, and I wish it had been something more along the lines of, I don't know, something for Super Nintendo, but, uh, you know, I wanted to bring this one up because obviously he was a good figure with the Nintendo Power magazine for many years, yeah. including the final issue where he completes the collection of magazines, which is great. But I, I don't know, I, I kind of wanted to see him pop up in more stuff, like make him a piloting. His character
2: yeah, yeah. So there have been like fan mock-ups i know of like um of like nestor joining like the smash Brothers lineup as yeah, well you know so. they wanted
0: reggie and they wanted nestor that makes perfect sense you know? exactly yeah yeah um uh, so i'm assuming david you've never played this
2: one i have played it actually yeah because okay. um it, it was one of the games in rotation at my toys r us i remember at the time when they had the virtual boy set up there and that's the only time i've ever played the virtual boy honestly. it was at it was at the kiosk in toys r us and, um, yeah, it, it was, it was really interesting. I, you know, I, I certainly, uh, got like kind of the blurred, like red vision pretty much as soon as I take like my, my head out of it. It's just like, oh my God, that I, I can't imagine playing this. Like, you know, like actually owning this and playing this on a regular, like I couldn't imagine doing it. And obviously like a lot of people couldn't either just with uh, all the complaints about headaches and just feeling sick and all that stuff. Um, so it's like a real shame that like just the visual display pretty much doomed this console from the start, and all the games are a part of it because th- there were like some pretty cool games on there. Um, I-, I I did like ne- Nestor's Funky Bowling, and I liked that uh, that boxing game too, like te- like Tellero Boxing, I think. Tellero Boxer, yeah,
0: Tellero Boxer. T-
2: Tellero Boxer, yeah, like th- that was a really cool game, and like you know, I-, I feel like if there was like a modern remake of Nestor's Funky Bowling, I'd be totally down for that. Honestly, <laughs> I-, I think that'd be pretty cool, and like it would just be cool to see Nestor as you know, as you said, like be be included in other things and just have a- as like this. Lost relic of Nintendo history, even if he is just kind of mainly regulated to uh, to the magazine. So
0: yeah, and another problem I had with Nestor is funky bowling. You couldn't save,
2: Mm. you you, couldn't save
0: your high scores. Like you you played, and then unless you kept the system on, you had to start over again. And be like, I got a two fifty five. Yeah, real pain. You know, it was just, uh, but it was just one of those limitations. So I really want to just go off road there and talk about Nestor because he's like, when it comes to Nintendo history, a lot of people obviously remember Nestor, and I really think he could have gotten. Better game exposure. At least throw them in overcooked. You know, Team (laughs) Seventeen. Come on,
2: (laughs) right, right. Throw a
0: crippled crab a crutch. You know. (laughs) Now you're playing with power.
2: So that's going to lead us now into our main topic, which is basically celebrating 129 years of Nintendo here. Um, so basically we're 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 going to be looking back on like Nintendo's history. Uh, So I'm I'm basically going to go through like a gamut, pretty much, of like these um these like main like factoids if you will about you know about like Nintendo started from the beginning and um you know like whenever you guys want to like interject like just feel free to like you know just throw yourself right in there as I kind of go through like this gamut pretty much because there's quite a number of them so I'm just going to try to rapid fire um so it was founded by Fusahiro Yamauchi as a playing card company on September 23rd 1889 and like like I know for me I always forget about how long that the Nintendo has been around for like 129 years since 1889. (laughs) Like that is insane to me.
0: Yeah, they weren't always doing games. Well, they did card games, but I believe for a few years there, they also did what's called Love Hotels. Yes,
2: yeah, which um, which which kind of leads into, uh, into like another another part here, where in 1963, because like they, they were like a playing card company for like so long, uh, where where like the company began experimenting with other areas of business, such as taxis, love hotels, a TV network, and an instant rice food company, as well as like other other venues that they've been trying to kind of get into before they eventually landed into games. Um, another like factoid I want to mention here as well is that the that is that the name Nintendo was actually chosen as it translates to "Leave luck to heaven," so it's like a bit of a a, uh, like religious context, and just kind of like you know, hopefully lucky it has as far as like the company like thriving, and, and certainly has like you know in, in more recent years um and uh in 1973 nintendo's focus shifted to setting up arcades with their own light gun games such as laser clay shooting system and wild gunman which um you know for for people who don't know about wild gunman just watch back to the future too (laughs) (laughs) you know but uh yeah so wild gunman and uh and and so like nintendo uh basically obtained the rights to distribute the magnavox odyssey in japan the following year and that was kind of like their first like kind of testing ground into the gaming industry more or less um, and then in 1977, they, they produced their very first video game hardware called the Color TV Game. Uh, And this is actually like from um, like you know like a little kind of spinoff of that is that one of Shigeru Miyamoto's first tasks when hired by Nintendo was to design the casing for these consoles. So like he's he's been there like since like the beginning uh, as far as like Nintendo like you know first making like their own hardware and kind of like um, you know testing those grounds. But um but, 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 but but Robert, I was kind of curious if you ever like got your hands on a color TV game or got to experience it at all.
0: Um, I did not, but I believe Kelsey Lewin, who's a friend of both of ours, I think she did one for Metal Jesus Rocks a while. Mm. And that was a fascinating watch. I mean, I'd I'd love to get my hand on one of those, but, you know, more than likely I'd be paying thousands of dollars at some auction or whatever, eBay. But I mean, I'm perfectly fine with just checking it out for curiosity's sake. But I mean, from what I heard at the time, it was a pretty neat idea.
2: Yeah. For sure, for sure. I mean, like, it was, you know, again, it was kind of like their first, like, foray into, like, you know, trying out, like, hardware, and that, that obviously kind of led them into uh, the greener pastures here, uh, such as the Game & Watch handheld console, which uh, debuted in 1980. Uh, it was Nintendo's first worldwide hit in gaming consoles. And, uh, and like, the cross-style directional pad that we know and love today was actually developed in 1982 for a Donkey Kong port on, on, Game, on Game & Watch. Um, so, basically, we can all kind of, like, attribute, like, the Game & Watch to, like, the, the D-pad that we know and love today uh, with that. So, uh, so a pretty cool, like, little Moment of history there. Um and then and the Miyamoto's release of Donkey Kong in 1981 gave Nintendo a huge boost in profits uh through arcade sales and home console ports on the Atari 2600 and television and ColecoVision. And so, now if I recall yeah.
0: though, um Hiroshi Yamauchi, who was the president of Nintendo at the time, he wasn't pleased with something that ColecoVision did with their port. I think he was mad because it didn't it wasn't part of the agreement or something. It was it was something along those lines, but he was upset. And there's some Yama-
2: legal like f- like funk like yeah, like funkiness. Yeah, when, and me. when
0: Yamauchi san got upset, he got upset. <laughs> like ask, oh, yeah. ask Square Enix. <laughs> uh, but just, seriously, he got upset. <laughs> but for sure. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm I did not mean
2: for sure, yeah, it's all good. Um, and so, like, uh, you know, they then really released like the the, uh, the Family Computer, aka the Famicom, in 1983, which was redesigned and renamed the Nintendo Entertainment System, otherwise known as the NES, when released outside Japan in 1985. And uh, that's kind of like when they really kind of got like the ball running, really, like with like you know making like their own hardware and that like really kind of took off pretty much. Um, and then after that was the Game Boy was conceived as a combination of the Game & Watch's portability with the NES's ability to switch game cartridges and was released as an instant success in 1989. Um, and I, I remember, like, very, like very vividly, like, there was that, uh, I think it was, like, a black and white image of Hillary Clinton actually playing, uh, playing like, Tetris on uh, on Game Boy. And that, that's how you knew that everyone and anyone was pretty much playing, you know, playing, uh, like, the Game Boy at the time. Uh, wow. It was just, like, so huge at at that point, so... Um, so yeah, then, so like with Game Boy and then that led into like the Super Famicom or the SNES, which was released in Japan, North America, and Europe in 1990, 1991 and 1992 respectively. Uh, and this actually sparked like the console war, as we know, like with uh, you know with like Sega and, 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 the, and its console like the Mega Drive, otherwise known as the Genesis here in the States. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and so that led into uh, where in 1995 Nintendo announced that they sold 1 billion game cartridges worldwide with 10% of those uh, being from the Mario franchise <laughs> so
3: <laughs> oh, Mario. Just, just,
2: yeah exactly like just put that into context there and like especially like when, when you uh, think of like that um, that Nintendo ad like back in the day like where it showed like the face of, of the earth uh, forming into like Mario like I think it was like a bunch of people basically like holding up like I think like Mario games or something like that and like they're all like around the world and like all of them put together basically for like mario's face on the planet earth (laughs) so (laughs) it just kind of showed how mario basically ran the world at that time
0: and they were chanting mario too they were completely chanting mario the whole time mario
3: mario i need to go watch this now
2: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah uh so yeah and and then uh and, and then nintendo stuck with the cartridge format when releasing the nintendo 64 in 1996 despite the market shifting towards the cd format uh spearheaded by the sony playstation and you know we've covered this before in the show but like you know that was basically sparked by like the controversial cancellation of the SNES CD-ROM during CES 1991 so um that was like a whole thing that like was certainly covered very extensively uh, when it was discovered that there was like a prototype uh, that was like like an actual like working prototype that was uh, that was like um uh, that was like found in like some kid's basement basically so uh it was yeah, pretty cool it would
0: be eventually become the PlayStation you know, because that Sony was so mad that their deal fell through with Nintendo. They said, you know, what? we'll do our own console.
2: I actually got like my hands on that uh, that SNES like like PlayStation basically like like, like the CD ROM thing um, like when I went to Portland Retro Gaming Expo actually because I met the person like who owned the console and like, he was basically going around to like different conventions and so I got to speak with him pretty much like about like his uh, you know about his like owning the console so like I actually have like a picture up there of me like holding up the SNES CD ROM it, uh, it was pretty cool I, I like that picture a lot
0: yeah I got to play it too it was really cool um, oh you did they, yeah, they, yeah. they didn't let they didn't play the the CD games but they did they definitely did play some street fighter, and it worked pretty well.
2: Yeah, I, I think the CD-ROM part of it, like, isn't working properly or something, but, yeah. like, the mm. game cartridge part, I mean, it's basically like like another SNES, more or less, so.
3: I wonder how much that thing is worth.
2: Uh, a lot. <laughs> it's basically, like... Tons. Yeah, it, it's, it, be, it belongs in a museum, I think, is uh, is, is how, 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 like, Indiana Jones place it. So... <laughs>
0: It belongs in a museum,
1: right? So do you.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so it leads into 2001, uh, which saw the releases of the Game Boy Advance and GameCube. The latter of which was unable to regain lost market share by the N64. So with the N- with with, the, with Nintendo basically like holding onto their ground as far as like having the N64 still still having cartridges. And PlayStation coming out, like, uh, about, like, a year or two before that, um, you know, with, with, like, the CD-ROM format and, like, you know, with, uh, with, like, these style of games that they were coming out with and just kind of feeling more, I guess, like, grown up and, like, with the times as far as, like, you know, how, like, people who did grow up with, you know, with, with, like, Nintendo kind of growing up and now they want, like, more, like, mature experiences pretty much. Like, like PlayStation was able to offer that along with, like, a more uh, advanced, like, um, just, like, game style pretty much with with the CD-ROM instead of, like, you know, just the cartridges basically. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, like, the GameCube just wasn't able to really kind of pick up like steam with that. Like, I remember that was like actually when 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 I jumped ship from from Nintendo. Actually, it was after the N sixty four, and they came out with the GameCube. And I know at the time for me, cause I was, you know, I was like a teenager. I, was, I think I was like still in high school actually when, when the GameCube came out. And I was just like, man, I don't want that baby's toy. Like I want, I want to get an Xbox, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> I, I remember getting like, like a Dreamcast and like I fell in love with the Dreamcast. And then like the Xbox came out and that kind of felt like a continuation of the Dreamcast more or less with the games that were coming out for it and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of moved off from, from Nintendo for the most part until. Eventually, I picked up a 3DS. Like, um, I picked up a 3DS and that was like my first Nintendo console since the N64. Uh, oh, wow. It was crazy enough, yeah. So like I was off the the the, uh, the Nintendo train for a long while for sure. Even though I was still playing like Nintendo games over at friends' houses, but for me personally, I just wasn't playing. We though. didn't
3: miss that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> so, being honest.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, in 2002, Satoru Iwata stepped up as the first president of Nintendo, not related to the Yamauchi family. Uh, and and uh, you know, as we know, to um, Iwata like, passed away in, tw- in 2015. So. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like the end of my notes more or less, but, you know, obviously we've had like, uh, there's the success of the Wii with like motion controls, like introducing all that, uh, Wii U kind of having, you know, stumbling out the gate because of like some, um, some marketing, uh, Like some, some mismarketing really, like in in terms of like what the Wii U actually was in terms of like with the general public and not knowing if it was a, like a, an extension of the Wii or like its own console or whatever. Um, and then now with the Switch and the Switch obviously is a huge success and, and, and now Nintendo looks stronger than ever at this point. So it it is kind of curious how. I don't know, up and down that Nintendo has been in recent history. But um, as as both Robert and I know, I mean, like, Nintendo was the force to contend with, uh, you know, during those 8-bit and 16-bit eras.
0: Um, I'll tell you, you know, when Nintendo came out of the gate for the 8-bit era, it really just set off this whole... You know this whole thing with gaming because you know, like how the 1983 video game crash, people lost their interest Mm -hmm. in in home console playing. But then Nintendo brought it back in a big way. We we saw licenses like, you know, franchises like Mario, Zelda, Castlevania, Contra, Ninja Turtles. You know, all all these great franchises come out of the date out of the gate. And even though they took their time getting into the 16-bit era, it was worth it because they did the same thing there. You know, Mario World, uh, Yoshi's Island, F-Zero. Pilot Wings, you know, all, all these great franchises we still know and love today. So, I mean, although some mistakes were made with certain, I mean like with the Super Nintendo Mode 7 design mm. causing the system to slow down like with games like Gradius and Super R-Type, you know, there there were some hardware issues, but for the most part, I mean, the 8-bit and 16-bit eras, they really cemented what Nintendo was about. And then, like, even with Nintendo 64, even though it didn't sell as well as the PlayStation, it still submitted a lot of history. You know, Ocarina of Time, GoldenEye, Super Mario 64, you know, all these great games that we we know and love. And obviously, when we talked about the rumored Nintendo 64 Classic, David, we brought up, like, all these games that we want to see on it that people would really love today. Mm-hmm. And You know, those a lot of those games still stand. And um, You know, it's just kind of funny how, like, with each system, even though they saw different success rates and obviously even with the wii u i mean like with the wii u we still even got classic titles like bayonetta 2 and paper mario color splash you mm-hmm. know the nintendo always went all out with their games i mean sometimes they were a little hit and miss like i'm still trying to figure out what geist was right. um <laughs> yeah even though we also got eternal darkness so i'm not
2: eternal darkness i, I liked a lot yeah and that, that was like the game i remember that made me think about picking up a GameCube, but i just couldn't like you know Think that like oh I'm g- I'm gonna pick up a GameCube just for Eternal Darkness and for Smash Brothers like so, you know.
0: what about Metroid Prime what about F Zero GX you feck? yeah What's I mean I you? could <laughs> I
2: could but yeah the, the, I'm the... gonna
0: start calling you names now I'm mad
2: yeah you. <laughs> you, you feck. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you stupid
0: yeah you yeah, you're something wrong with you you're an yeah. idiot uh.
2: <laughs> um but but Tara like I was, was kind of curious like how I guess you first got onto like the Nintendo train especially considering the fact that you that you were born in the nineties.
3: Um, so I was introduced to it first with the Game Boy my brother passed on his old Game Boy to me mm,
1: okay. and I got into
3: that and he relinquished his games cause he was no longer really into it. He was moving on more to the N64 at that point. Um, so, um, I think the first couple of games I played ever from Nintendo on the Game Boy would be Tetris, um, Pokemon Red and uh, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. And then once the N64 hit the house, it was all about Legend of Zelda and Super Mario
1: 64. <laughs> nice, nice. So
3: those were those were my really fond memories because Ocarina of Time, he got me so into. We would stay up late just, just trying to get past all the different levels. And every night I'd be like, Paul, what's the next thing we're going to do in this game? And I kept bugging him and bugging him. And I would sneak out of my bedroom just to go watch him play at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning.
1: Nice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I mean, that, I have really fond memories of Nintendo, mostly just growing up with my brother and then playing with my friends at school later on the Game Boy Color and training Pokemon on the bus to school. And it was just, it, Nintendo's just been a part of my life since I was little. So it'll always have a special place in my heart. Of course, I've branched out to other systems, but I'm, I just love Nintendo and I always will.
2: Yeah, there's always that um that kind of like special like sauce really with like Nintendo superior there's like the, the, the like, Nintendo brand because I feel like it's just been it's so accessible it's so like just kind of part of like just pop culture in general as well especially with like su- such iconic characters like Mario and link and so on um, you know, and that's it's it allows like a lot of like Nintendo games and and, you know, and, and like Nintendo consoles as well uh, to be like cross generational. Um, and um, yeah, you know, as you mentioned, there like with with like your brother passing along like you know the Game Boy and like you know being able to like experience like, the N64 through him and like playing that and stuff. And it's uh, it really kind of shows too, and especially with, you know, with like the Game Boy, as I mentioned before, like with uh, with you know with like, the picture of Hillary Clinton playing uh, playing on the Game Boy. Um, literally everyone was playing the Game Boy. Like, it was, it was like, it was like the Wii before the Wii, pretty much, like, where it felt like, like, everyone and their grandmother was playing the Wii. Everyone and their grandmother was (laughs) playing, it was playing Tetris on Game Boy. Like, that was the thing, pretty much, so...
3: I had, friend, I had friends playing Game Boy in class and their desk.
2: <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I remember those kids. And, <laughs> and you know what's funny? is
0: like, you know, those same grandparents got hooked on um, the Game Boy in the late 80s. They got hooked on Wii Sports, you know, because Wii Sports was oh. everywhere. Like when the Wii mm-hmm. Sports. Yeah, Wii Bowling came out. You know, they were playing it in, you know, in bars. They were playing it in nursing homes. They were, you know, yeah, it, it was just it was really ridiculous how much it, it caught on with people. You know, and I'm talking about Wii Bowling. Like nobody played Wii Baseball
2: right <laughs> no
3: they were they were using the we fit board for actually physiotherapy
2: actually mm-hmm. that's right yeah yeah they were because yeah. uh my my um my mom is actually like a like like a, like a physical like like a fitness therapist person basically and uh she um she you know i, I was actually like trying to kind of get her like to use like the we and you know in uh in like her uh her like sessions basically with like her clients and such and she she actually like like you know, I, I like actually considered it, uh, but like just the, uh, I guess like the cost of like the Wii and like using that like with people who may, or, you know, may or may not know about it, like you know, like you know, including herself actually, um, I think is what kind of like you know turned her away from it. But otherwise, like I was making like a strong case as far as like how she could use it to make like her workouts like more fun and interactive in that sense. So yeah. So I'm I'm always like for like with like gaming experiences that kind of gets people like to be active like you know so like which is why I'm so into uh, into DDR. So yeah, and uh,
0: <laughs> wasn't at one point like they're working on some sort of heart sensor? I think that was announced a while yeah. ago. It never came out, but they really wanted to do something health wise along with their games. Yeah, but like because
2: I- they they were showing that like during one of the like Nintendo E3 press conferences like back back when they were, when they were doing those things I think and they showed, like the Wii like. I don't know, it was like the sensor bar thing for your finger as well?
3: oh i never heard that was that in uh i guess beta development or something like that so, something
2: like that yeah like it was um it was just kind of something that they showed like on stage and just, just never saw like the light of day like they, they were trying to come out with like so many peripherals for the wii i remember and it was just like peripheral city and like a lot of it was just junk really yeah. but
3: didn't plan out well
2: exactly yeah yeah it's it it like nintendo like you know kind of seeing that like that they had a hit with like with the, the wii so they literally just barfed up like all these peripherals like buy everything it was like here's no, a steering okay. wheel
0: just in case you need it exactly
2: yeah yeah <laughs> it's like stupid things like that but yeah oh, oh. oh
0: you know what and then <laughs> yeah. and then there were those games they were trying to really catch on with social audiences like you know we play or we music i still remember the Nintendo, music was a big bus uh, yeah. i mean like i remember the presentation we're trying to do for we music and i'm like can we just play rock band
3: because right <laughs> yeah. exactly all about rock band please yeah. 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 it was
2: miyamoto's like kind of like take on like the whole music genre pretty much and that that, that just did not take off well unfortunately um but yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it's kind of funny though because like Nintendo obviously kind of has like a lot of like hubris, especially like in like the eight bit and sixteen bit era where they felt like they were untouchable. Really, in a lot of ways they they were. But that line of thinking is what sparked them into, <clears throat> into like, kind of falling behind when, like, the 3D era kind of came around with the, uh, you know, when they came out with the N64 and the PlayStation was already gaining ground and already was kind of, like, picking up, like, a lot of the people, like, who were just kind of sick and tired of playing their, their SNES at the time. It's like, we want to move on to, like, the next generation, and the 3D trend just really kind of, like, took off pretty much as as primitive and, like, how... I don't know, how much, how much like, those games kind of feel out of date now just with the way that they look and play and stuff and being clunky and stuff. They were cutting edge back then. So, I mean, like, everyone just wanted to jump ship and move to that. Well, you
0: know, I mean, there are still some older games that still stand out today. I mean, most of those games, believe it or not, are in the GameCube. You know like mm-hmm. I, I still think Rogue Leader Rogue Squadron 2 is one of those standout Star Wars games. Amazing and you games. know having a remake of that cuz Factor 5 is around again, you never know. I mean like if they could work with DA and Nintendo, they could make a killer HD port of that. And then obviously I don't need to mention Smash Brothers Melee because every major fighting tournament that takes place, they have some sort of tournament cycle where they have Super Smash Brothers and the Wii U, soon to be replaced in the Switch, and they have Melee. Everybody's got melee in their lineup. I mean, even over <laughs> these yeah. And then, you know, obviously you had those polarizing games that people still question, like Super Mario Sunshine. You know, a lot of people swear up and down that's the greatest Mario game ever made. And I'm like, did you play Galaxy? Did did you play Mario Three? Yep. You know, <laughs> all these questions as to whether Mario Sunshine was worth the way to the gold. But then you had the surprises. You had Metroid Prime. You had Retro Studios take a franchise that was known for two D action. And transferred new to a first-person formula. A lot of people were skeptical about it. And then it came out and it blew everybody away how well they did on that. You know, so there are still some games out there. Like I would play Metroid Prime Trilogy on my Switch. I played the hell out of it. I'd play Punch Out on the Wii on my Switch. Because that was a great port, too. You know, Punch Out was another great game, especially with um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out being the big rarity and all. So I mean, there are so many games that you know are infinitely replayable. Like I said, I just bought Excite Bite again. Excite Bite, Excite Bike. It sounds like some, <laughs> It sounds like something Bowsette would do. Excite Bite. Um, <laughs> Excite Bite. <orange. laughs> yeah, I'm still playing Excite <laughs> Bike on the Switch. You know, so there's there's long lasting value with a lot of their games, and I think that's why you know like you don't see stuff like Mario Kart Eight or anything drop in price. I mean, like we're talking like Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and Mario Kart Eight have been out for over a year. They're still sixty bucks each. You take a look at a lot of the Wii U games, they're still about, you know, 20 to 40 bucks each. I mean, Nintendo's work doesn't really go down unless it's a game they write off, like Geist, you know, or whatever. But it's just, it's really that long-lasting value. And Nintendo's got I mean, you take a look at a lot of Microsoft games, they don't really have that same. I mean, Sony Spider-Man will have that, God of War will have that. But like in the past, you know, you didn't see a lot of games really stick around that high price value, that high replay value, like you do with Nintendo games.
2: And, like, Nintendo, like, that that's kind of, like, part of, like, Nintendo's hubris as well at work. Because, um, the, and, and they've been getting, like, better at that, honestly, like, with, like, the Switch. Because, like, you, you know, you will actually see some of those more popular games actually, like, you know, have, like, sales and actually be down in price, at least for a short time anyway. So they, they did kind of like learn their lesson a little bit with that, I think, like, where people are looking for deals. So, you know, if, if someone like kind of sees, like, a, a Nintendo game, like, you know, like a first-party Nintendo game, like, on sales, like, they're, they're more likely going, going to pick it up. Um, so, like, I think, I think they kind of learned their lesson a little bit with that. Um, because, like, before, like, certainly, you know, with, like, Wii U and before, uh, you would just never see those games go on sale, like, ever. Like, absolutely ever. So, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting, like, how they've been trying to, I don't know. Trying to conform a little bit to what's going on currently in the gaming industry, like outside of them, but at the same time, still very much spearheading like their own agenda, yeah. and their own like Nintendo fortitude, if you will. Yeah, they, so. they did the
0: Nintendo thing their way. Like they took forever to exactly. adapt to a CD format because the GameCube was the first mm-hmm. system to have that CD technology, and even then, it was sort m- of, miniature yeah. CD technology, right? <laughs>
3: exactly. Exactly. You know, Everyone's like, "What are these little
0: What are these little CD things?" This This won't go in my disc drive. What, what? no. And then, you know, the first they, they didn't do HDMI until the Wii U, you know, and now, you know, they're really catching on with the handheld market. And now the switch, obviously, the switch almost feels like they've caught up with the trends while at the same time they set their own. I mean, the third-party mm-hmm. support's still not where it needs to be, but they have tons of indie games. They have tons of hits. You know, they're, they're introducing Smash, Mario Party, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, all these games that are going to be big hits for the holiday season. I mean, it's almost like with the Switch, they learned all their lessons they could from the Wii U and be like, how can we make this more practical? And then they did an ad campaign that kind of did away with what the Wii U did, and they, they went right after millennials. They went right after young adults. You know, they, they had mm. Karen of all people, Up the roof, bring, yeah. bring Nintendo Switch <laughs> to a party. I'm like, Karen, we're trying to drink. Don't bring the Switch <laughs> to the party. <laughs> it was still great, though, because it was a great new approach. They even had a Super Bowl ad. They had yeah, never really right. done that yeah. sort of thing before. So, I mean, they really realized a lot of things with the Switch. Like I said, they're still not sold entirely with them. Thir- some third-party companies, but they have Square Enix fully back on board. Bringing in the Final mm-hmm. Fantasy library and other great stuff. And, you know, like, was, um, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think, like, with like 2K as well, like, with like a lot of like their, their sports games as yeah. well, that, that's, that's kind of like a big thing, really, too, because, like, you know, even though, like, those those ports kind of seem like they're like, Somewhat lesser versions of like, you know, like on like PS4 well, and Xbox One. And such. They
0: didn't do WWE 2K this year, they did NBA 2K 19. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they last year was terrible, so they kind of took a year off to focus on the engine. But, uh, mm, I mean, it's still okay. coming up with their systems, but, um, but NBA 2K 19 is still a great game. And Bandai Namco starting to support system more with anime stuff. Like I said, fighters is dropping this week, they got other games coming out like Pac Man, um, that two-pack with Namco Museum and uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition 2. Um, So, I mean, they are starting to get more support. And like I said, indie games. God, every week there's like 20 games out that I need to play, and I have no space on my system. That's great, Yeah, It is. It's really great to see all this offering. Like like I said, you discover stuff like Debris Infinity or Marble It Up, which is supposed to be a spiritual successor to Marble Madness. I just downloaded it and I can't wait to play it. Um, It's just really great how they're grasping. They even make like, you, you've you seen the Nindy stuff. They do, like, specials on those, and, and they embrace stuff like Mark of the Ninja and, and all these other great indie titles. So, I mean, they've come a long way. They really have, but they kept the mentality of still doing things their way, which I think is kind of cool that you can have it both ways. I mean, they still don't have all the bases covered, but the majority of them covered. So...
2: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a very traditional Japanese company, in in that sense, like where there's like so much pride, and like especially like, in the way that they, you know, as you said, like they're doing things their way, like they're very much playing to that Frank Sinatra song, is like they're gonna do it their way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I don't know, like, it, it's that's kind of like the cool thing about about Nintendo, and also. It, it, it can also kind of feel like a downfall in some cases that, you know, as we mentioned, like they're they're really struggling. It feels like uh, when like the 3D era kind of came around, like with, um you know, with, when the N64 came out and then GameCube not really being able to pick up the slack. Uh, but then we kind of like, you know, all of a sudden throwing this whole like motion control madness into place. And then you have like Microsoft and Sony coming out with their own versions of that to kind of, like, cater to, you know, to to that, like, for their own audiences. Um, you know, and then, like, it felt like with, like, what they did with the Wii as far as with the most control, and then with, with, with what they did with the Wii U in terms of, like, having the tablet controller, it all kind of led up to them, like, putting it all together in order to make the Switch, and the Switch, you know, just so happened to work so well and, you know, be, you know become, like, so hot that, like, now they're, they're seeing a lot of support for it. Um, so, yeah, it, it is, you know, again, it's just really interesting to kind of see Nintendo go from, like you know, obviously, like, with being, like, kind of, like, a trading car company and being like that for, like, so, so long, um, and then, like, you know, playing, you know, they're playing around with, like, all sorts of different, like, industries before finally landing into games, and, you know, and, you know, now, like, you know, well, and then, you know, and then when they get into, like, games, like, you know, being, like, so such a dominant force that they basically kind of felt like that they were untouchable, and then that, that hubris pretty much Almost being like their their downfall in some cases, but at the same time, like they made so much money during the NES and SNES eras that it, it just you know they're able to have like those like stumbles and still be okay. You know, it's why it's why it was always kind of like funny to me like whenever I would hear like um like you know during like the wii u era for example like with, with people saying it's like oh this could be the the end of, of like nintendo if they're not careful it's just like do you realize how much money they have in their coffers like it's ridiculous <laughs> they've I-
3: been saying that so many times though i mean like especially with the wii u they're like oh nintendo's dead you know mm-hmm. but they made a comeback
2: they did yeah Certainly, as I you know, with the Switch. So, yeah, I mean, the Switch yeah. is about
0: to sell 20 million units within a year and a half's time of its release. I mean, that's that fast. That's got to be one of the fastest selling Nintendo consoles ever. You know, what I mean, it's big. They, yeah. There was a time that they couldn't meet supply and demand. Now they're all over the place with it and they're releasing special bundles for Smash Brothers and Super Mario Odyssey and Splatoon. So, I mean, they're really picked up in their business sense it's almost like when Satoru iwata passed away they wanted to keep his spirit alive with his business decisions it's almost like the old nintendo business decision making with yamauchi being a tough old bird as howard lincoln once called him um yeah. you know it, that's kind of gone away and it's gone in favor of something that works more with gamers but by the same time also having something that suits casual people without really catering to them like the wii u kind of did so i mean it's something that really works for the company i'd love to see them continue this logic and continue to go after big deals because when they got fortnite that was a pretty big deal
2: that's huge oh yeah yeah.
0: and you know they're obviously going after stuff like hollow knight smash brothers animal crossing they know what base in fact there's there's a rumor that sheenan um the company that made fast rmx they've got an announcement to make this week and a lot of people think that's going to be f-zero
1: Mm, I really hope so I
0: I think it'll be something else but I mean I'd love to see F-Zero come back because we haven't seen it since F-Zero GX and you know if Animal Crossing can come back so can F-Zero just saying
2: why not? Very yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So I I figure we, like you know before we close out this uh this main topic uh, we would kind of get into like our favorite consoles, games, and memories, and we we you know I figure we'll limit this to like one each here. So uh so while we go uh, Tara and then Robert and me uh, as far as like um you know your favorite console, your favorite you know game, and also like your favorite memory as well. So uh so yeah so so Tara, will want to take I want to uh, kick us off there.
3: So I know I mentioned it earlier, but um I'll say a different one um. I will say the Game Boy Color Okay, and I'll say the Pokemon game. So Pokemon Yellow and trading with my friends um, on the school bus and and also, you know, getting into the whole gaming aspects at a young age.
2: (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. How about you there, Robert? um
0: for my console i gotta go nes because number one i'm old um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no in the 80s you know i was doing the stuff in high school i was actually working in a cafeteria so i could uh, build up money to buy my nes and get free lunches that was nice um but <laughs> no i i remember picking it up and everything and then one of the first games i got at the time was obviously Super Mario brothers duck hunt and it was hmm. great to have that nice little combo, and uh, you know, obviously built up to a better library. I started introducing games like Battle Toads and stuff like that. But I think the NES for me is the iconic Nintendo system. But if I had to go second place, I'd definitely go GameCube.
2: It's actually kind of funny that you mentioned with um, you know, with, with with Duck Hunt actually, because we you know we, we were mentioning like when, when we were kind of getting into like the history of, um, of like Nintendo, uh, how they got like started uh, you know, when they were kind of starting getting to get into games. Uh, that they, um, you know, that they kind of, like, were starting off with, like, their own light gun uh, games, basically, like, in their own, like, arcade venues, um, and so, like, I felt like Duck Hunt was almost kind of like a holdover of that to bring over to the NES and bring that arcade experience to, like, the home, pretty much, in that sense, and, uh, it, you, know, it, it ended up being, you know, it ended up being, like, a big hit for him in that case, so. Um, as for me, uh, like, I have to go, like, favorite Nintendo console it has to be the the Super Nintendo, I mean, like, that's that's, like, the console I feel like that's, like, my favorite console behind the Dreamcast for me. Um, I, I love the Super Nintendo so much. Uh, like, it's just... I feel like I was, like, the, the best library games, period, like, out of any console. Um, and, you know, along with that, actually, I have to mention, like, A Link to the Past is being, like, my favorite Nintendo game. I mean, that's that is my favorite Zelda game. That's my second favorite game of all time. Uh, it's, you know, it's just, like, such a magical experience. I feel like it's like the first time playing through that um it was kind of my first time really feeling like i was on this grand like sweeping adventure pretty much um and you know and and also like to the point like where i was even writing like essays about like for like summer camp and for school and things like that like just kind of like talking about like the the whole story and everything because it it brought that that mythos of like the legend of zelda to life really like you know before like any any you know any of the other zeldas before that um so like it, it was a really special experience for me in that case um, but as far as like favorite memory though uh, I have to go to the N64 era actually uh, because like there was, like during that time like I was really into like the wrestling games on there so like Wrestlemania 2000 No Mercy uh, oh, yes. and and uh, it was like me and my friends basically we were like make like our own characters and we had storylines for these characters so we really went deep into like our own lore and mythos which are, like the characters that we were creating as storylines and who would have like the belt at which time and you know do like battle royales and like all that stuff it was really really great especially with with, um, with like wrestlemania 2000 because that was like where you could actually create like your own championship belts so we yeah. had our own custom belts that like each character would like try to win and which divisions they were in like we had this all, whole thing mapped out we were insane with this stuff so yeah. um but those yeah, it was amazing
0: really, really cool. polygonal wrestlers dedication
2: <laughs> yes man? indeed indeed yeah. um
0: i didn't get to my memory actually i, I oh think, yeah go, go, go ahead um my greatest thing i think it was um it was an e3 show and we had just gotten like these cool laptop bags from already. So we were excited what Nintendo was going to show. And then they showed the debut trailer for Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Uh, you know, the, the one that would bring us back to the serious Zelda after Wind Waker. So they showed the trailer and everything. And after it was concluded and the crowd was going nuts, who comes out but Shigeru Miyamoto carrying the traditional oh sword in the shield. Oh, um, that moment. Yeah, we loved it. That, that was an absolutely terrific moment there. Um so yeah that that was my moment. Um so I didn't mean that just wanted to catch up. <laughs> but yeah I for it was sure. We're sharing there.
2: Yeah yeah absolutely absolutely. Yeah, yeah I I remember seeing that like uh like on stream actually and that was just like so cool to see you know to, like to see um Miyamoto there with like kind of like the shield and the sword and swinging it all around and uh, like it was also like of meant to like promote like the fact that that they using like the motion controls I believe in that one like for yep. like the swing around so
0: Um yeah. well it first came out on the GameCube and then they brought over the motion controls to the um, the Wii version or the Wii version, yeah.
2: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure if he did that like a second time maybe, then because like I remember he was doing that and he was. Yeah, like, I think
0: he did it a second time.
2: That's right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, but, gotcha.
0: I know what you're talking about. I wasn't. I wasn't saying you were wrong. I was just saying it was probably for that specific version.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah. So, yeah. So those are all like our our, like Nintendo games memories. We've like jam packed that with everything. So be sure to like let us know actually about about your favorite like you know your favorite Nintendo games and like consoles and memories and all that stuff. Uh, So yeah, we definitely love to hear from you with that. So, uh, so moving on, uh, we do have a game code here from you, Robert.
0: Yes, I do. It's uh, for Deep Sky Derelicts. Um, It is an award winning original game of ancient spaceship exploration, startling encounters, incredible loot, and danger behind every corner. The game features turn based combat with cards in a retro sci fi setting enriched with roguelike elements. Explore derelict alien ships, fight, loot, and upgrade your gear, all in distinctive retro futuristic comic book aesthetic style. And here is the code for that is for Steam. It is MXMP3GIEJ6E6HCI. That's for Deep Sky Derelicts on Steam. Enjoy. Choose your character.
2: That's going to lead us now into the part of the show called Random Selects. So this is a yes or no, fifteen question game to guess which video game character that I am this week. Uh, so basically, it's going to be Tara and Robert acting as a team here uh, to ask like fifteen yes, yes or no questions. Um, and the the unwritten rule here is that um, is that like the character is always uh, is always going to be like a character who is in a game that we mentioned or that we mentioned the character specifically in the show at some point. Um, so at least there's like that kind of like parameter to go by since there are all. Well, we like, a only talked about we,
0: we only talked about every Nintendo Nintendo franchise this year exactly Exactly.
2: (laughs) oh no so um but yeah you know if after like five questions that you don't get it I'll give the first hint if after 10 questions you don't get it I'll give the second hint and if after 15 questions that you don't get it then it's game over as Raul Julia would say so uh so yeah like uh you know whenever you guys are ready you can start off with the first yes or no question
0: okay are you a Nintendo character
2: Yes.
3: Okay, well, that made it easy. So, yeah, I mean,
2: there's, there's only, like, a million of
3: those, but... Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll try and narrow it down. Are you... Are you female?
2: No.
0: Okay, so he's a male character. Um. Did you first appear on the NES? No. Okay, so it's a later character.
3: Okay. Um... Are you a popular character?
2: Hmm... Popular in what way? might have to clarify that. Um, Like, do you have Bowsette?
0: (laughs) 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 You're not Bowsette. If you're Bowsette, I would quit. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Like,
2: when Um,
3: people think, you know, of a franchise, they immediately think of you.
2: Gotcha. Um, Hmm. I'm going to have to give that a tentative maybe. It's hard to say for sure if I would be the first person that they think of. But I would certainly be one of. I'll just kind of clarify in that sense. Do you have
0: your own game with your name in the title?
2: No. Okay. Ooh. So that's five right there. So the first hint is, I'm the one who pulls the strings in my town. Oh, my
3: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is, like, something that I don't know at all.
2: <laughs> you would uh, be surprised.
0: Okay. I've got a guess, but I'll let you go first there, Tara. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a question, and it's really hard.
2: Yeah. It gets difficult, especially in the later rounds.
3: <laughs> Are you a game that's come out in the last five years?
2: Are Am you in I a in game? game? that, yeah. uh, In the last five years? Yeah. yeah I would say I've, I've been in the game that's been out for the last five years.
0: Okay. Are you in Animal Crossing?
2: Yes.
3: Okay, oh.
2: I think <laughs> <laughs> okay. Robert might know. Okay.
3: I think I know now. <laughs> I'm gonna
2: guess. Just make a wild guess here who it is. Go for it. <laughs> Are you Tom Nook? No. Oh, okay.
0: Are you K.K. Slider? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so pulling the strings, obviously, because he, he's a guitar player. So,
1: <laughs>
2: um, And then the other hint was, those industry fat cats try to put a price on my music. But it wants to be free, which is uh, like a famous quote of his. So oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: and should have gone in the way of "I'm not in Wii Music." No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: no. <laughs> so yeah, you got KK Slider there from Animal Crossing. So nice job there, guys. Um, so yeah, then that's pretty much our uh, cast episode one hundred and thirty in the books. Uh, is there anything you guys want to throw out there before we close up shop, or like Tara, if, if you want like promote anything that you're doing, uh, you know, you, you can feel free to do it here.
3: Oh, I'm still continuing writing for. Um... Nintendo Enthusiast, PC Invasion, Daily Esports, and Flixus. So you can find me there. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Tara Blair if you want to see my articles.
0: Yep. I'm actually following you now. So there you
3: go. Oh, Sweet. (laughs)
2: <laughs> there you go. There, nice. Anything from you there, Robert? Do you want to promote?
0: Um, you know, I, I like I said, I just reviewed uh, NHL19 for comicbook.com slash gaming. I just wrote up a couple of things, like that Bowsette porn piece. Really, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, Get them uh, hits. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really excited to see what Sheenan has to announce, and also um, Remedy, the guys who are doing Control. Mm. Uh, they have got an announcement coming up as well. Possible Quantum Break tie-in, maybe? Mm. Max
2: Payne. I know. Um, and <laughs> oh, also...
0: Oh God, that would be amazing. (laughs) But um, I'll tell you this. uh, There is one more little thing I want to talk about real quick. Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be huge. And I say this because according to like early specs, it's going to take 105 gigabytes of hard drive space. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a whole lot of horse testicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, we went there. <laughs> a lot of people were freaking out about this online, but I'm like, you apparently don't know. That's the industry standard with a lot of games now. Like Gears of War 4, Halo 5 Guardians, uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. They're all over hundred gig now. Take a, good look, you know, and even stuff like Batman Arkham Knight, Final Fantasy XV, they're all clearing 70 gig. So, I mean, games are becoming more detailed here. I mean, if they are needing that much space, that means... Red Dead Redemption 2 is gonna be huge. We've already seen like a number of the activities that they're gonna do with it. I'm excited as hell to play this game. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'll tell you this: this is one of my most anticipated games for the holiday season. I love the first Red Dead. And oh, it was amazing. I know, so I cannot wait to see what they offer here. So uh, I I just wanted to bring it up. A lot of people are freaking out about space, but you know, they sell like you know, external drives that go up to eight terabytes now. And unless you buy like a switch, you're not out of luck. so
2: that's true. yeah yeah. That,
0: yeah, but although you can buy like four hundred gig cards for switch, which mm-hmm. is kind of
2: nice. i mean, just just like considering like how how big like the game is and um you know, and like how like detailed that you know that 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 it looks as well, I mean, like you you have to like imagine that like it, you know that the memory w- would be up there as far as like having it on the on the on the hard drive. So yeah I mean I, I I'm not really too surprised, but at the same time, it's you know these games are just getting bigger and bigger as we're, as we're moving along in this generation. so:
0: Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, once again, guys, if you have uh, any information about potential jobs that are open there for the, for the former uh, telltale employees, let us know. we will definitely spread the word socially.
2: For sure, for sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and you know, if you want to follow the ARCast on Twitter, we are at ARC Podcast. Same thing for Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash ARC Podcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at TheGuiltyMan.
0: And if you can follow me on Twitter. It's at twitter.com slash the DCD. And again, my work is at comicbook.com slash gaming, where I work with Liana Ruppert. And what's up with Liana there, David?
2: Yeah, so uh, you know, we are partnered with with Don't Feed the Gamers. So be sure to check them out at don'tfeedthegamers.com. Uh, we'll be sure to uh, check them out for all your uh, fan driven like um, uh, like fan driven gaming news and reviews and whatnot. Uh, and also if you want to send us any like uh, any like questions, any feedback, any like retro games you want us to cover or anything at all really, you could email us at rcast at retrozap.com and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts, especially of the Star Wars variety. There is Bruise and Blasters, Kanada's Castle, Starship Sabres and Scoundrels. There's also Beltway Banthas which is really cool because it combines both Star Wars and politics, so if you're of both minds, it's definitely the podcast for you. There's also the Animaniacast, so if you're a big Animaniacs fan, that's definitely the podcast for you. They're also Raw Paulson approved. There's also the uh, the Dooscast Movie Show, so just like the title suggests, they are a uh, they're a movie podcast. Those, those guys have been doing it for over 350 episodes now, so uh, so they definitely know what they're doing over there. And there's also the Techno Retro Dads. So if you love old school stuff, and of course you do, because you listen to the, uh, to the R-Cast, you'll love the Techno Retro Dads because they cover stuff in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, not only just video games, but also toys, commercials, things like that. And yeah, there's also Us with r So be sure to find us on iTunes, where you can give us five stars, subscribe, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Stitcher, and also Google Play and Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not listen to the R-Cast. And yeah, that's R-Cast episode 130 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro.
0: Hi, everybody. This is Tom Nook from Animal Crossing. I just wanted to let you know that I approve of the ARG podcast because we all listen to it here at this little village. Now, if you excuse me, I got to go build a goddamn town. Now, go away. Get out of my office.
2: <laughs> <laughs> get out. This fandom has to happen now at this
0: point. So. Yeah. we're gonna I think have it's going to make gonna it,
3: happen now.
0: tell you right now that we're going to get a lot of... But what are you talking about? Bowsette's not even in this. Son of right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> So maybe if you're Tom Nook, I'll be KK Slider and Will of Terry here so, as a, as so as a are, we gonna, a, are <laughs> we gonna get?
0: Are we Are we gonna get Tom Nooket? She's just gonna be like looking like Peach, be like, oh, geez. "Excuse me, while oh. I go build a game." Excuse me. <laughs> it's
2: like Peach oh, with like no. the like Tanuki tail, basically. At that point. Oh my <laughs> god! <no.
0: laughs> and once again, we reared into weird territory. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, we will see you next week on a new episode of the Arc Podcast. And if you want to listen to more stuff, we also have an Arc Podcast mini episode uh, where David talked with. Uh, Commodore. Rob Hubbard. Yeah, Rob Hubbard from Commodore 64 fame, so give that a listen as well. Tom Nook's not in that one, I assure you.
2: No, absolutely not. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Catch you later. I'm Chris Wilson. And I'm Dylan Gregory. And we host Backstage Gaming, a weekly podcast about video games and storytelling. We both play pretend professionally. Sometimes on stage with other people. And sometimes alone in the soundproof room. So join us every Monday while we talk about games, acting, and how a story comes together. Backstage Gaming. Dramatic takes on your favorite games. Part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network.